Welcome to the Success Addicts. You are stepping into a conversation where I ask the questions that you're thinking of to people that strive for success in all different areas of life, business, faith, health, and more. So ask yourself this one question, are you ready to master your journey of success? In this episode, you will learn that the efforts we put in when we are younger is the source of the foundation we build for the future. While playing college basketball, Kelly Garrett outworked and outachieved most of the players on the court and is doing the same in business today. You know, basketball is probably why I am as successful as I am, or to try to be anyway. You, you learn time management, you learn make a decision fast. You know, it comes very um, easy. Enjoy the episode and fair warning, you may become addicted. Hi, Kelly. I really appreciate you coming on. It's an honor and, and I'm excited and, um, you know, you're doing a lot of great stuff and, and, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on just for you to tell your story. Well, appreciate you guys having me. Um, so I guess to start off, you know, just tell, tell, uh, you know, the audience a little bit about yourself. Where did you come from? You know, how, how did you get to where you are? What did your journey look like? Success, failures, and then we can, we can unpack and, and dive into some questions from there. Yep, I'm a South Carolina girl, uh, upstate South Carolina girl. So it's a big difference between the low country and the mountains here here in the Carolinas. But um, raised on a small farm and and really just, you know, worked hard, blue collar. My, my family is a blue collar, middle class uh, family and um, had a talent that kind of got me out of the small town and and took me to, to a mid-major college of Charleston place to play ball. So I was a four-time All-American at the College of Charleston women's basketball. And so I think my my love for a sport and love for the game kind of kept me out of trouble and um and got me out of that small town and 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 brought me to brought me to Charleston, South Carolina. So um again, as a kid working hard before school, after school, before practice, after practice, you know, that that blue collar stuff comes super easy to me. It always has just because I grew up with it. And then um you know, I had to let it kind of parlayed into basketball and, and, you know, the harder you work, I think the better you are, you know, sometimes talent's overrated. It, it gives me somebody that's going to work hard all day and want to actually have a lot of passion toward their sport or toward their game or their craft. Um, I, I'll take that all day, but that kind of got me to where I am now. And, um, you know, Charleston opened my eyes up and a little bit bigger city, if you will, opened my eyes up after college, I started working at in corporate America for UPS and um, ran up the corporate ladder pretty fast. And again, my eyes were just continually opened and opened and opened to a bigger world out there. And um, and I think my parents were super happy to get me off that small and out of that small town just because they saw something in me, I think, that I didn't even see. And, and, and again, just trying to learn from others. And back then, I think I was just trying to get in the right rooms. And today, I still try to just get right in the right rooms, trying to learn from each other or learn from other people. And it kind of take, took me in 2000, I left um, corporate America and thought, gosh, if I put this much time and energy into a company, what if I applied it to myself? And so in 2000, I made that that jump out of corporate America and um, into self being self-employed. And today I'm a, a real estate entrepreneur, um, business owner. I've been doing this now for two decades. Um I'm, uh, I'm actually a limited partner or a co-GP 
in over 4,000 units, whether it be apartment complexes or car washes or a few businesses. And um, last but not least, I own a, uh, a hard money lending company uh, that you see kind of behind me called rehabwallet.com. And we uh, will do over 250 million fund and, and funded loans in about two years that we started it. So um, again, got in the right rooms. I think I, I kind of quit thinking small about, I, I waited a little bit too late, but I, I feel like sometimes, but about five years ago, I kind of got into the right room and met the right people because we are the five people we hang around most. And I started hanging around some people that that were bigger bigger than me. I, I kind of, I think like a lot of people do is that I was always the big fish. I was always the, you know, I could score the most points and I was the bigger fish in my groups. And I didn't know that I, I, I think I was uncomfortable being in a group where I was a smaller fish. And I just kind of got in, got in groups where I'm a, probably the, just the smallest fish and the dumbest person in the, in the, in the, in the uh, room. And it's definitely catapulted my career now, probably 4X in the last five years. So I'm happy where we're at. I'm, you know, married, um, live in Charleston and um, just, you know, all I can do is try to be the best version of myself. And I don't even know what that is just yet, but I'm still, still trying, even though I'm, I've been doing it a long time. I think we're all trying to just be the best version of ourselves at this point. No, that's awesome. And I definitely want to unpack that and, you know, hats off to your success. A lot, a lot of great stuff, came, you know, came out of that. Um, so to start off, you know, raised on a small farm, blue collared, you know, that's kind of the upbringing. Did, did a lot of that carry over into what you did in basketball? And then, you know, what were some of the, the overlap and what you learned throughout your basketball career in, you know, in bringing that into business? I think it's just, you know, Staying at it, I always tell people, you know, basketball is probably why I am as successful as I am or try to be anyway. You, you learn time management. You learn making a decision fast. You know, it comes very um, easy and it's kind of your subconscious, whether it's a quick decision you have to make on the court. T teamwork, I mean, kind of not be too corny about it, but, <clears throat> you know, you got to depend on other players. While I had a I had a talent of um, – shooting the ball and I was, a, I was a good ball handler. So, um, but, but you need four other players on the court to do the other things. Right. And so, and then not trying not to sit on your ego during that time. I was, I'm still the leading, leading scorer at the college of Charleston with women's basketball to this day. And, you know, back then I was scoring a lot of points, you know, 20, 30 points a game. And, and while that sounds like a lot, I wanted to make sure I had to, and my parents did a good job with this too, making sure that I stayed, um, I guess, humble. And at the same time, trying to ensure that I understood that I need my teammates around me to do what I do. And then they needed me to do what I do. So um, basketball was a huge part of me being who I am today. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And so graduated from college of Charleston and, you know, how did we make that transition into corporate America? And I think you mentioned UPS. Um, was that right out of college or, you know, were there some jobs before that as well? Nope, it was one job. I kind of kind of get stuck in one thing and I try to just be real good at it. Actually, my dad told me that a long time ago. It's probably because my, my whole family is very athletic and he probably had a bunch of, you know, kids wanting to play every sport. And he was probably like, nope. He's told us to get, get pick one and get real good at it. And so 
Um, that's all we did. My, my brother went off and uh, a, uh, got his pro card in golf. And so, you know, we just got real good at what we did. So um, in the corporate marriage, yeah, I, I started working the, the day after I graduated. I mean, you kind of in, in, in colleges, I went to the career days and, you know, to the left was probably a little white collar jobs and to the right was little tables. And I went straight to blue collar. And um, UPS found it because UPS, of course, was blue collar at some points of the business. And um, I loaded trucks at four in the morning, just like everybody starts out there, fit who I was at the time. Then I went driving right after that. And I drove for two years and then I was ready to, you know, again, be a leader of my team. I was ready to take on some management uh, skills and to learn some management skills from a, you know, Fortune 500 company. So uh, I went management, chose to do that, and um, they they transferred me. I, I moved 11 times in 12 years for them, and um, you know, happy to do it. They had a they 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 had somebody that was willing to work hard, and then I had to learn how to to manage a people a lot older than I was and their union employees. So it was a very, it was very good for me at the time. I was what, 21 years old when I graduated. So by the time I'm 23, wow. I managed hundreds of union blue collar, typically men. And they had to see, you know, a 23 year old young female and had to respect them. And I had to get their respect. So um, UPS was another stepping stone for me. I would say basketball and UPS just kept sharpening and sharpening my tools to, uh, to get me to lead a team now um, comes very natural. Yeah, that's awesome. And so how long were you at UPS for? I was at UPS for 12 years. Awesome. So, um, yep, I, I left there in 2000. Just just a hard, very hard decision. I just was tired of moving around, you know. I couldn't get my feet settled in a relationship, um, in, in, a, in a community. I'm tired of, I kind of like that. I like to be settled in and have a community and get involved in the community. And so I was ready just to come back to Charleston and um, and it just start my roots really. So I left in 2000, I was probably 31, 32 years old and um, ready to start my entrepreneurial journey. So what did that, what did the beginning of that entrepreneurial journey look like? How did you figure out where you even wanted to get, you know, get into and what industry and how did that look like? You know, talk a little bit about that a little bit. I wish I was that person that had it all laid out. I'm, I'm the type of person that, you know, I know when it's when it has run its course. And I think UPS had just run its course with me. And um, I didn't have anything lined up. Fortunately, I had plenty of stock and I had, I'm a saver. So I had saved some money. And I was just taking my time to uh, to make a decision what I wanted to do. I had, I had, I had an idea, but you know, I'm, I'm faith-based. So I just kind of left it up to God and been like, you know what, if it's meant to be, it's, I'll find my journey. And I found it in, um, in real estate. My, my dad <clears throat> had bought little duplexes here, little trailer park in our hometown. So I had that thought, but, but it is a long story, but I, I ended up opening a, a mortgage, a mortgage brokerage period. So I was brokering real estate mortgages uh, to large banks. So I grew that into three locations in South Carolina. And in 2009, I ended up selling it. But um, I learned how to fund my deals first. 
And then once I figured out, okay, because everybody says, okay, I'd love to buy that commercial property, but how am I going to get funding for that? Once I learned that, uh, once I learned the lending piece of everything, I think I just had the, I have the grit, the grind and the action that comes very normal to me. Again, you raise, you raise like I was and you, just work is, it just, just comes natural. Now the white collar work had to come natural to me mm-hmm. instead of working with my hands, but, but the action and the long hours came very natural. So I just needed some education. And so once I learned how to fund my deals, I just started buying them and, um, and funding them with my own, my own brokerage um, at the time. So that kind of, you know, you don't ever know how that I met a couple, I met a couple at a event one time and they had a mortgage brokerage. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I was trying to find out what I was going to do. Dabbing a little in insurance. I, th- I thought, well, I'm going to go to this event about insurance. Maybe I, you know, cause I, I don't mind selling. And I met that couple and we sat together and they started telling me about their mortgage uh, brokerage. And so I said, Hey, can I go to work for you for free? You don't have to pay me. I worked for them for three months for free. Just train me. And so um, that's kind of how I learned the mortgage business. And the mortgage business has given me, empowered me with intelligence to, to buy my, to buy my real estate. Mm, No, that's awesome. So what did you first, what did you start buying initially? My first deal was a guy, uh, gosh, my first deal was a guy that walked in, in my, um, in my company and he, I could, we couldn't get him financing because his credit was just too low, but the deal was phenomenal. It was in Georgetown, South Carolina, a little, little bitty uh, community between Charleston and Myrtle beach. I knew it very well. Love the guy. I felt, I felt solid about the guy. His story was unbelievable of why he wanted to buy this house. His, his, his wife was in the hospital of Alzheimer's and he wanted to bring her home to the home that she grew up in. So the story was great. The why was great. He, his W2 was great. He just had a 560 on his credit score. And I thought, I'm going to buy this house for this man and his wife. And I'm going to let him lease the purchase back to me. Then I'm going to help him fix his credit. And he's going to buy it back for me for X amount more. That was my first deal. I kind of was emotional about it. I knew the guy. He, he worked. He had a strong W-2. He actually worked at the port here of many, many, many years. He just had a blip on his credit. Um, I knew he wouldn't let the house go. I knew he would work it to his fingers to, you know, to pay the payment because he, he the why was huge. Mm. And so um, that was my first deal. Wow. That's awesome. And I, you, yeah. you made a comment earlier that, that struck me where you said, you know, you had the blue collar down, but you, you know, it took you time to kind of transition on what did the work ethic need to be? And how did, how did you need to master, you know, the, the white collar kind of, um, tasks. So uh, how, what did that look like? What were some of those tasks and, and how did you, you know, find that transition? It's difficult for somebody like, like myself. Um, but I figured just by being in the right rooms and I know that's corny. I know you probably hear that a lot, but I think I just, and again, um, as a, as a kid, right. As all of us, we grew up, all we had was our, was our family to watch our mirror, whether it's your parents or, 
aunts and uncles or whomever. You're marrying somebody to, to get this <clears throat> subconscious built. And so I knew that at some point I wasn't going to be able to work physically as hard as I, as I used to. And what's next? So I started getting in the right rooms and meeting other people that were doing it another way. Um, and, 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 and I just started mimicking them. Right. I thought, cause I'm the type of person, I think a lot of your listeners will be too, that if, if you can see it, you can do it. I, or if he, if he can do it or she can do it, hell, I can do it. I'm, you know, I'm capable, you know, I'm pretty smart. Um, I'm, I'm willing to work. Um, I have dreams, you know, so I think I just need to see it being done by somebody else. It seems crazy, but I'm a little older than you, a lot older than you. So back then when we were getting started, there was no YouTube, social media <clears throat> to be able to see other people doing it. So the only way I could see it would be through maybe a meeting here and there or something or to know somebody. And I think in my early years, I was grinding out so hard, like grind, 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 that I didn't lift my head up to be like, oh, yeah, there's a group meeting on Tuesday at four to go get coffee or whatever, to go mm -hmm. see anybody else. And so when I started lifting my head up and searching for somebody else to learn from, um, that's when my life changed, to be honest with you. No, that's awesome. And that kind of carries into what my next question that was on my mind was going to be where you know, I think the, you know, even with YouTube, just to make commentary on what you mentioned, even for myself, I even think people, you know, my generation seeing it firsthand is, is still just as powerful, you know, the videos and YouTube and social media, um, there's a lot of fakes out there. So, you know, it, I think we've become a little bit more hesitant on watching some of that stuff and buying into it, where seeing it firsthand, you know, holds just as much power. And, and, you know, I think what you said is getting into the rooms you know, brought a lot of that, I guess, new perspective that you, you know, you didn't really know was there by getting around those people. Um, and I think naturally we have the inclination to want to get to those rooms, but, you know, it, one, it takes action and, and showing up to the events and whatnot. But I think my overall question on that would be, you know, how did you get into those rooms? How did you find the right rooms? How did you know you were around the right people? And, you know, for somebody that's looking to, you know, get into those bigger rooms, you know, what, you know, what would be a good step for them to get into and, and how did you find value in it? At the beginning, I think I just um, ended up finding a meetup or it was a, a local, if you're in the real estate business, <clears throat> local RIA. And they're in association. So um, I looked them up, found out where the new, nearest one, and we were, they were having one in Charleston. So I visited that one. And then the rent room is full of entrepreneurs and um, real estate people. So I think that got me started with that. I was in the industry, in the, in the lending industry. And then I used to say no to them. And then I started saying yes to events that the mortgage industry would have. And so it just takes, honestly, this, this might sound crazy, but you were one relationship away from somebody changing your life. And so um, I didn't have that one relationship to about uh, 2018. And it was a breakfast here in Charleston. And again, it's 730 in the morning. I could have said no 
15 times of not to get up to go downtown Charleston to go to this breakfast meeting and went to the breakfast meeting and met a guy that is now my partner at Rehab Wallet, um, raising hundreds of millions of dollars. And we lend it out um, in a debt fund. And so it's a long story, but I go back and be like, okay, if I would not have said yes to go down, downtown to that breakfast meeting, I wouldn't have met Danny. I would not be able to raise the money in a fund to loan it out because I, I'm a lender at heart, heart. Like I know how to lend money. I know relationships and networking and to get it on the street. But I needed partners to raise money in a fund, right? And so they they don't know how to put it on the street and I can't raise the money that they raise. Right. So I guess the initial thing is you really, really start connecting the dots. How I even knew about the breakfast meeting was through another guy that I had met via phone call. I was looking at a deal on um, online one day, call a guy and I say, hey, because this is my personality. It was a what it was a great deal in the area that and I was flipping at the time. I flipped for like 18 years on top of me on my mortgage company. And so. The neighborhood was my neighborhood that we flipped in for a long time. And I told the guy on the phone, I said, hey, where are you? I'm coming to bring you a contract. Not I need to go look at the property. I, I'm bringing you a contract. I didn't need to go look at it. I knew exactly where it was, exactly what the deal was about the house. So I said, um, and that intrigued him because I wasn't somebody's dragging my feet. I was an action taker and go give him a contract. He said... I want to invite you to a, a breakfast meeting because you sound like you're a go-getter. You know what I'm saying? I'm young. I'm young in my career. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You don't ever know. You don't ever, you just got to be you stay in your lane, be who you are, regardless if it's like everybody else. I, 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 I know who I am and I know my thresholds of what I'm capable of. And I just kind of like, I'm a go-getter. I, I do. It comes again. I told you where it, where it comes from. I'm a go-getter. And I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to bring you a contract right now. It's not like, can I meet you maybe tomorrow at two, maybe two thirty? <laughs> Will you go open the house up? Let me go look at it. Oh, wait a minute. I got to change my appointment because my contractor's got to come. No, I said, I want to bring you a contract. And so he invited me here. There, He wasn't my who. But my who was at that at that mm. breakfast meeting, right? And so if you really connect the dots sometimes, you'll be like, wow, I'm glad I made that phone call. <laughs> I didn't know I was being aggressive or whatever, he, you know, interesting for him or different. I was just being me. So it's, it's funny how it all just the dots align. When you go back after a few years in it, you look like, how did I meet him? How did I meet her? You know? No, that's kind of awesome. And, and that kind of brings me to a question where naturally entrepreneurs, you know, I, I would like to understand your mindset and kind of your journey where, you know, were there concerns on what your path looked like or where you were headed or where you were going? Or did you just kind of keep your head down and just, you know, just met a bunch of people and, and hope that something would kind of come about it? You know, how did you stay in a focused mindset? Um you know, without having to have it all planned out? Oh, these are good questions. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, 
think that I don't think anybody really, really, really knows because at any point it can just go, just go different, um, good or bad. But I think goal setting helped me. And I know that again, sounds very vague or what have you, but I was, I've been a gold setter, I think my whole life, you know, you go back to basketball. I was like, I wish I had one I could show you, but it was like an old school media guide back nowadays. It, it gives, um, you can go online and look. Who who's who has scored the most points at the College of Charleston? Who's the highest rebounder? Who is this, right? So, but back in the day, it was just paper, like a little booklet thing. And I opened it up in the back and I saw all these awards and who was scoring the most points. And I thought, okay, if we play 26 games a year and I have four years, I stay healthy. I divide that into her num into that number. That tells me I only have to score 16.6 points a game. <laughs> well, I was scoring 25 points in high school, so surely I can score 16 points. So you see, so my brain was going there <clears throat> with basketball, and, and I needed to have something to look forward to. So that was my way. I'd always kept up with my points. Um, not in an ego way, just then because I needed, I needed that push and, and that kind of thing. And then I started doing it in business, right? And to this day, I write them every morning, every morning, the same six things every morning for the year. In January of 2023, they'll change. So, let, for example, at Rehab Wallet um, is our hard money lending company. And this year, our goal was $100 million in funded loans. So every morning, I write $100 million at Rehab Wallet by 12-31-2022. And so I write it every day, every 365 days. I write it every morning. So my brain is thinking well, that we better hit 100 million. Or um, same thing for my personal goal, my personal wealth, for, or my personal net income for the year. Then, of course, I have my, you know, you, you got different triggers where it's health or wealth or um, spiritual or what have you. There's other things. I will give God all the glory. Mm. Um, I might want to lose, drop five pounds or, um, in my case, I'm, I'm had a little surgery on my hip and I'm trying to get back at it. So I'm, I'm, I'm focused on a certain date that I want to get, get back full, full fledged. And so to me, it's goal setting. And then there's no reason why you should not make those goals. Everything that I do on a daily basis is based on those goals. And, um, I would have to say, it's just goal setting, looking forward to something some type of goal to hit because entrepreneurship is lonely. You know, it's just lonely. You're by yourself. You know, you're in your office right now. We all work from home. Even my employees at Rehab Wallet, we all work from home. Nobody's there to be like, job well done. Job well done, Kelly. So you kind of have to be your own little cheerleader at times. And goals do that for me. Yeah, no, that's powerful. Um, so, so what would you say your definition of success is? Mine would just be that I am, I am, I am the best version of myself, um, and, and peace of mind. You know that I have, I am doing everything at the level that that I'm gonna that I that I'm that I'm good at. For instance, this is, it's kind of vague, but I think about that a lot is this, 
I played ball at a mid-major school. I scored a lot of points at a mid-major D1 school. I didn't play in the Big Ten. I didn't play in the SEC. I don't know what I have, would have done there. I would hope that I would have still been the same player. Don't know that. I, I'm not going to be a billionaire. I will be the best version of me. It might be eight figures, maybe not, but it will it will be my best version. I'm gonna be that. I'm gonna be the best D D one mid major. It and that Kelly Garrett could possibly be, and that's mm. all I could possibly try. So that will be my level of success financially. The other part would be that um, that I just kind of give back. You know that at this point in my career, that I, we coach, um, I coach entrepreneurs now. I coach uh, business owners, um, so I'm now able to kind of lay a foundation for somebody to follow behind. And and I just want to do things right, and I want to do things um, very consistent, and teach others to do the same. And so I want to I want to open that up a little bit. What you mentioned, you said. You know, I'm not going to be a billionaire, but I'll be, you know, what you just mentioned. So I, I want to understand that a little bit more because some people may look at that and say, well, Kelly, you know, you're cutting yourself short. How do you know you might not be a billionaire? So what is the what is the mindset behind that? And how did you identify, you know, this is this is the arena I'm playing in? Yeah, it 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 takes a lot of mind games with yourself, especially when you're a competitor. And to be able to sit in on that and settle in on the fact that there's other people better than you. And you say better, but I'm going to use that as a financial goal. But I'm at peace with my personal life, with my wife. I'm, 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 a, I'm a good partner. Um, if I was really, 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 really going for it, um, would I be home? Um and I settled in on for the first time in my life, probably five years ago, to settle in on. I'm not going. I'm not going for a billion. I'm not going for it. Um, I'm also at 50, 55 years old. I might not have the time. And so, but that's okay, because I'm being the best version of myself all around those the the will of life, whether it's again health, wealth, um, in my spiritual life. So. I have found that, and it's still it's still a push for the numbers that I'm going to reach for myself financially. It's still a push for me to be a good partner. It's still a push for me to, so I'm still pushing myself, but I have settled in on the fact that I'm not going to compete with everybody out there on YouTube. I'm not going to compete with everybody out here in my, in, in my walks of life. I've, I've set my number that pushes me again, 30 points will push me. I'll settle in. If I score 25 a game, I'm going to be fine with that. And I'm going to score 25 a game at a mid-major D1 school. And I'm I, I hang around billionaires. Okay. And I have to be okay when I'm at out and they're talking about X and I'm thinking, Hmm, I'm, I'm not going to make that. But that's got it. That's it's my it's my quadrant, right? That I'm working toward. What happens if somebody else? I want to spend a little bit more time on my spiritual life or on my my family life. And what happens if you know everybody's got their own journey, and that's my journey. I'm mm. I that's still a push for me. 
those numbers are still a push for me. If I if I if I can hit a nine figures by the time I'm whatever you know done, which I'll probably never be done, but um, that's fine. That's perfectly fine with me and my lifestyle. Perfectly fine with me. <laughs> and um, the numbers we're hitting now financially are perfectly fine. We can't spend it because <laughs> of my life, my lifestyle, my personal lifestyle is never going to be the, some of the lifestyles that, you know, the yachts and the what have you. Yeah, we'll fly private. Yeah, we'll go on vacations anytime we want to go. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, I'll be able to give my mom money. My dad passed. Yeah, I'll be able to help my mom or any uh, any any family member. Still can't spend it. And so, um, and that's, that's being at the level that I'm at. So I kind of settled in on, financially on that. And I know success is this, the entire will of life. And I'm trying to hit, because not always have I been the best partner. Have I always, because I, I I love to work and and I might not have been the best partner. And so I've had to settle in on making that will very, very, very symmetrical. Um, and, and sometimes it might, you might fall short over here on financial to be able to gain it here on spiritual or, or personal. No, that's powerful. Um, and it sounds like the balance is is kind of what where you narrowed in on is okay, this is the the balance that uh that I'm comfortable with. Is that kind of yeah, yeah. I, I don't use the word balance. I don't know why I don't like that. I just because my life, my spiritual life and my personal life is very in tune with my financial life and all and, mm. and vice versa is that it's Demar- perfectly cool that I go and look at a commercial deal, you know, on a Saturday or a Sunday with, with my wife and, mm. and, and she loves it. And so we've kind of in, integrated our financial life or our, our game, if you will, again, I'm, I'm playing a game every day in my, in my head that, that it's all, it's all integrated in, in my life. My same thing with my family. My family know what we do for a living. They come down. We talk about what, you know, what we're doing. Um, it wouldn't be odd for somebody back in the day when I was flipping that my family come down and let's go look at the houses you're flipping, you know, and just kind of integrated it in into my lifestyle, if you will. That's awesome. And okay, when I go on vacation that I pull my laptop out while I'm laying in the sun and work. Why not? What's the difference in that? Reading a, you know, a, whatever, some some book, a nonfiction book. You know, what's the difference? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, so what, I guess to carry carry from that, what book would you recommend? What, what's one of your top books that you would recommend to somebody? Oh, gosh, I'm, I've read and have sitting in there <laughs> that I read all the time. What It Takes by Steve Schwartzman with Blackstone. Uh, he's, he's, of course, the founder of Blackstone. Um, my business is kind of definitely smaller, of course, but it's a small private equity firm, if you will. It's got silos. Um, and so I, I love I love how he thinks he started with four hundred thousand dollars in, in a fund. And now he, you know, money under management, investor money under management, you know, I don't know, tens of billions of dollars now. Um that I'm also um, Tim Grover, the um, he wrote the book Relentless, and that's a phenomenal book. He was the um, he was the personal trainer of 
uh, Jordan, Kobe, D Wade, some the personal trainer of them, and and kind of shows the difference of you know what relentless means with those guys. What made him, especially Michael, he was Michael's personal personal, not with the Bulls, but his personal um, uh, physique coach and his personal trainer. And so it is so that that kind of hits me on my um, athletic world that parlays into business, mm. being relentless. And then on the other side, the other side, just continue what it takes. Well, Steve Schwartzman just talks more and more and more about, you know, helps me continue to think bigger and bigger as Blackstone did. And so, so where are you headed now? What are your goals kind of, you know, maybe in going into the new year or, you know, just from where you are now, like where are you headed? Um, I kind of take it again in my silos and in my divisions, of course, my hard money lending company were due to the market changes where we increased 100% from 2021 to 2022. We had a hundred percent gain. And of course I can't do that in 2023. Um, I'm going to pull back a little bit because I could do it, but I'm not going to do it um, because of the market. So we're going to increase that around 25%. So we're going to, we're going to do about 125 million in that fund. Um, and so then I have to think, okay, do I have the team set up? Is the foundation set up for, for another 25% increase? And it is. So rehab wallets somewhat set up. Um, then I look on the other side of my business. I want to, um, you know, we're in real estate. So I want to be, I want to be ready in case the market does continue to pull back a lot of which I am planning and thinking that it will. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a little cash heavy, um, moving into 2023. I'll put it in our, in our fund that we use at Rehab Wallet because our fund is a 90 day liquidity fund. It pays 6% to our investors. So I put our personal money into that as we sit on and possibly wait on a on a big deal. I'm very going to be very particular about the deals we, we get into um, at that time. So I'm seeing a slow momentum uh, in 2023 on the deals that we have now and holding on to some cash to really throw something at a, a big pop that probably will happen in 2023, early 2024 as you, some people say that the market's going to do X and some people say it's going to do Y. Um, I'm expecting it to take a really throat punch in 2023. I'm not an economist. Don't hold me to it, but that's just what I'm, I'm going to be a little cash heavy. Get ready for it. Awesome. Well, you know, I definitely found value in this. This was incredible. Your story is inspiring. And uh, I know, I know you're not stopping. So, you know, keep, keep inspiring and keep, you know, keep telling your story. Um, where can people find you? What's the best way to get in touch? And, you know, how can people dive into a little bit more about what you're doing? Yeah, I'm easy to find on Facebook at Kelly with an I, K-E-L-L-I, Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. Um, Insta is uh, at Kelly.Garrett2 and um, RehabWallet.com. There's a contact page there. It comes straight to my email um, for anybody that might want to be interested in, in, in our fund, as well as if, you, if your audience is fixing flippers. Um, and so last but not least, we do coach some entrepreneurs. If anybody's interested in us coaching, we can do it virtually um, as well as locally. And so um, that's clearvisioncoaching.com. 
we've been doing that about four years and that's really been, um, you know, it's, it's my give back, if you will, because it takes a lot of time. We do one-on-ones. It takes a lot of time. Um, it's been some give back at the same time. It has a lot of synergy with my other businesses. So um, that's how you can find me. Um, you know, I'm very accessible. And if anybody's got any questions, you know, hit me or message me and um, DM me and I'll get back to you or somebody will as soon as possible. Awesome. Thank you, Kelly. I really appreciate the time. I, I definitely know I found value and I, I know the audience will as well. Good. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. As you can tell, Kelly has always put herself out there in order to get into rooms where she can learn and grow. She has experienced doors that have opened that she never even thought existed and exemplifies the power in connecting with others. She set records to this day that no one has matched her on and she continues to do that in the arena of business as well. You can find Kelly on LinkedIn and follow me on Instagram at Lenny underscore Pisano to stay up to date on new episodes and I hope that this helped you on your journey for success.